welcome to GSA 101, brought to you by Elevate GSA, where we turn GovSpeak into a language you speak. My name is Hannah Struss, and I have Colin Hartzell here with me today, and we're going to be discussing what it actually means to hold a GSA contract. Understandably, there can be some confusion as to what it means to actually hold a GSA contract. Getting a GSA schedule means that you have passed the rigorous standards of GSA and you're now included in the eligible pool of contractors that federal purchasing officers can utilize to fulfill their needs for different products and services. And this is the real reason you got your GSA contract, those federal sales. As a GSA contract holder, your business is given priority over open market non-contract holders. Federal agencies in need of supplies and support are going to look to GSA contract holders first to meet their needs before they turn to that commercial market. That being said, sales won't fall in your lap, so you'll still need to get out there and market your business. Purchasing officers can buy your products directly through GSA's website, which is called GSA Advantage, with the click of a button. Or GSA contract holders can pursue current bids listed on GSA's website, eBuy. This is going to be where you see current RFPs and RFQs that are relevant to the SINs you're awarded. Your GSA contract has a base period of five years, with three additional five-year option periods, totaling a total of 20 years that you can potentially have this GSA contract. You're going to need to hit your sales requirements of $25,000 each year, and you'll also need to meet all the other GSA requirements to be considered for those additional option periods. The GSA contract that you have is an IDIQ contract, or indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity, which simply means that the government can be purchasing an indefinite quantity of products or services during that fixed time period. Should you need to make changes to your contract over that 20-year period, and you almost certainly will, you will need to submit formal modifications through GSA's eMod system. This includes changes to authorized negotiators, or the people who can make changes to your contract, changing contract scope, addition or deletion of SINs, price adjustments, etc. I'll link you guys to the modification instructions that GSA currently has posted in the show notes. It should also be noted that GSA is going to periodically update the terms and conditions of every single contract holder at once. This is called a mass modification. You get a notification uh, through your email of whatever the latest mass modification is, and then you need to log into GSA's mass mod portal and accept those changes within whatever time frame they give you. If you fail to accept a mass mod, that can result in your contract being taken down for non-compliance. So make sure you get in there and take care of it whenever you get those emails. We're going to include a link to the mass mod portal in the show notes as well, so you can log in to see if you have anything pending. Now, some of these mass mods aren't a huge deal, and others require you to make some actual changes, like updating your SAM account, certifying that you don't use certain brands of equipment, etc., If you are a retainer client of ours, we do send out summaries of each mass mod to keep you updated without wasting a whole afternoon reading through government jargon. And another aspect of GSA contracts that a lot of people forget about is just keeping their terms and conditions up to date. Uh, That document is visible inside of eLibrary as well as eBuy. eLibrary is a GSA website that's publicly accessible and it shows all current GSA vendors and all of their products and services that are available for purchase. This document also is going to include things like where you remit payment, your FOB terms, volume discounts, etc. This is a critically important document to keep up to date. 
every single time you submit a modification through EMOD and have it awarded, you must update this document to reflect those changes. You will need to update the Word document itself and upload through GSA's SIP program. SIP is rather antiquated and tricky to use. I'll be linking you guys in the show notes to the program and how to download it. And if you need assistance updating your terms and conditions catalog, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at elevategsa.com. We've covered this in previous episodes, but you also need to execute those quarterly and monthly sales reports and pay your if fee. Uh, Should you fall out of compliance with those demands, your contract can also be suspended or terminated. So make sure you take care of that. Hopefully this brief overview that we provided gives you a little bit of clarity on what it means to have a GSA contract. But if you have any other questions or requests for a future topic for us to cover in another episode, please feel free to reach out to us at podcast at elevategsa.com. Thanks for listening.